Hello and welcome back to the Practicing Human podcast, the podcast where every day we are getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and I'm tuning in from Yakima, Washington, the Pacific Northwest, and I am recently or currently discovering that cold, dry air is very different than cold, humid air. This cold air is nothing compared to New York cold air, and I feel like I have a superpower, a superpower of tolerance for the cold while I'm out here. I knew that dry heat was different than humid heat. I did not know it translated to the cold. So now that you have a meaningless update on my life, let's get into the episode. Today, we are going to be continuing on the theme of sleep. Two episodes ago, we discussed three tips to deepen sleep. Yesterday's episode, we talked about why meditation is different than sleep. And today, we'll talk about if meditation can replace sleep. More to come on that in a moment, but let's start by settling in together with the sound of the bells. I'll ring them, you listen, let it drop your attention deeper into the present moment. Can meditation replace sleep? It's important for me to first acknowledge that sometimes sleep is what we most need, more than meditation. Case in point, there's a great meditation teacher named Deepama. She's since passed, but a big part of her story was how much of her life she endured incredible suffering. She was forced into a marriage she didn't want to be in. She then ended up falling in love with that person, but lost him shortly after. She had children. They passed. She experienced a tremendous amount of trauma and hardship to the point of feeling such despair in her life that it wasn't worth going on. As a last resort, she went to a monastery to find peace. And as soon as she started meditating, the first thing that came up was that she was exhausted. For years of the suffering, the grief that she endured, her body wouldn't let her shut down. It wouldn't let her sleep in the way that she needed to. And the first three weeks of her time at that monastery where she was supposed to be meditating hours a day, she spent that time sleeping. And it wasn't until she could sleep fully and deeply in the way that she needed to. It wasn't until she was fully restored that she could actually go into the meditation with a quality of wakefulness and energy that was required to meditate deeply. So I'll be the first to say that sometimes what we need more than meditation is sleep. But once we feel like our sleep is sufficient, is it possible to start cutting back on how much sleep we need by increasing our meditation practice? Well, Let me share yet again what some of my time in Burma taught me about this. As you may already be aware, our schedule was pretty intense in that monastery. We had to wake up every morning at 3 a.m. The first meditation started at 3.30, and the last meditation ended at 9 p.m. And by the time we'd get back to our room, it was usually around 9.30. So we'd fall asleep around 9.30, wake up at 3 a.m. If you do the math, that's about five and a half hours of sleep. 
Now, if you look at most of the prescriptions these days from what science is saying you need for deep restorative sleep or sufficient sleep, the prescription is almost always seven to nine hours, sometimes more, but very rarely, if ever, less. Usually eight to nine is what they're saying these days. Nobody is saying five and a half hours. And yet here in the monastery, that was the most we could get. So that already was a big pain point for me early on in that retreat because uh, I felt sleep deprived, especially my first couple weeks there. It didn't feel sufficient. I was meditating. That was hard enough. And the sleep was an opportunity for me to finally rest and restore. And I was only getting these five to five and a half hours per night. But in a short period of time, I'd say within a couple of weeks, um, that ended up being fine for me. Five and a half hours was fine. And if I'm being totally honest, periodically, uh, I might take a nap after lunch during the day for maybe 15, 20 minutes, sometimes up to a half an hour. So let's say I was getting about six hours of sleep per night. My teacher encouraged all yogis in a monastery. A yogi is just a meditator. He encouraged all yogis to try to get their sleep down to four hours. Now, when I first got in, I was like, listen, dude, I'm already, I'm sleeping five and a half hours. You're feeding me two meals a day, 5.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., I'm hungry, it's hot, I'm meditating my butt off, I'm not sleeping enough, I'm getting bit by mosquitoes, there's no way I'm cutting my sleep down to four hours, you already got enough out of me. That was my New York mentality. (laughs) And uh, as time went on, as my meditation practice deepened, I started taking the whole thing more seriously and also wanted to deepen into my practice in a way that my teacher encouraged. So... Uh, I went into an interview meeting one day and he asked how much I was sleeping. I said, uh, about, you know, five, five and a half hours. I might have said five just so he wouldn't be on my case. He said, I want you to cut that down to four. You've been here long enough. It, w- it was about two months at that point. So I made this whole schedule. I was like, all right, I'll get down to four hours. I'm at five and a half. I got to get to four. What's that? If I cut a minute, uh, a minute a day off of my sleep schedule, maybe it'll be like a month and a half and then I'll be down to four hours, whatever it was. Well, it was very interesting. As soon as I made the mindset shift to cut my sleep, within a week of making that intention, I went from sleeping uh, five and a half hours to about three and a half to four hours per night within one week. And there was no impact on my energy levels, on my clarity, on my sense of ease, relaxation, functioning at all. In fact, everything remained the same. And it became very clear to me that I was sleeping that much, at least in a monastery, out of habit because that's what I felt like I needed. But when I started to cut my sleep down, my body had no problem with it. In fact, as time went on over that next month, I continued to cut my sleep further. And for the final, I'd say, three months of my retreat in Burma, I was meditating anywhere from two to four hours per night. Every single night, no nap during the day, and I had never been happier, more wakeful, more clear, more energized, and more at peace. All on two to four hours of sleep per night. Now, that is not a very popular thing in the personal development world. It's not a popular thing in the science world. Nobody is going to encourage two to four hours per night. That is extreme sleep insomnia. 
and most likely means you're doing damage to your brain and body. And yet, I never felt better. Now, I, don't, I didn't have the scientific measures to evaluate what was going on internally, and I am open to the possibility that maybe I was doing damage. But I actually don't entertain that possibility too much, mainly because this phenomena of being able to cut our sleep through meditation has been happening for thousands of years. There are endless stories of monks that more or less design their sleep schedule around what they need, and uh, some nights they might not sleep at all, I know many monks that have gone a week without sleeping, and then maybe a few hours here, a few hours there. Um, but on average, in a, in a monastery, most most meditators are sleeping around four to five hours, if not less. And they're usually living long, fruitful, healthy, enlightened lives. So what's going on with this? Well, there are potentially a lot of variables at play. And I think it would be irresponsible to immediately draw a correlation, at least a causal correlation, between increased meditation and reduced sleep. Keep in mind, I was in a monastery. I was eating very little, so my body didn't have to work very hard to digest food. I wasn't exercising, so didn't need too much sleep for restoration. And there were very little, if any, distractions that we would experience in our day-to-day life that would accumulate tension in both the mind and the body over time. So if we view sleep as a restorative practice, you could see how I might need less restoration since there was less wear and tear on my body. But I do still think the meditation was playing a key role in me not needing as much sleep. And there's some research to support this. The first is simply that meditation has been shown to increase melatonin, a sleep hormone that does help deepen sleep. One of the main inhibitors of melatonin is stress. So since meditation does help reduce stress, that will increase melatonin, which will subsequently lead to deeper sleep. There is also research that shows brain activity in a meditative state is similar to the restorative brain activity that we would note during sleep. We're still learning about what happens in the brain during meditation, and we're still learning about what happens in the brain during sleep. So all of this is preliminary research, and I think anyone that will try to sell you too hard on it is most likely doing just that, selling you something. So there is some science to support that the meditation can reduce sleep, but I do still think most of that is in the early stages, and overall, there is very little to suggest that you should be able to sleep two to four hours per night for many months on end and feel as great as I did and as many people do that are meditating that much. So what do we do with this information, and how does this apply to your own life? Because the other thing we didn't mention is that I was meditating about 14 to 18 hours per day, and that's going to be very different than meditating 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes per day. Have the sleep benefits carried into my day-to-day life since the monastery? Absolutely not. On average, I need about 7 hours of night per sleep, and that's not too different than my time before going to the monastery. When I increase my meditation practice to sometimes several hours a day, which depends on the season of my life and if that's available to me, I can cut my sleep down to about six hours per night, 
which is one of the ways I fit in three hours of meditation a day by cutting an hour of my sleep. And that seems to be fine. But it does take some time to deepen into it. So this is pure anecdotal evidence that I'm giving you right now. But what it seems to be for me is that as my concentration deepens in meditation, there's a restorative quality in that more concentrated meditative state. And that seems to have some restorative properties. When I'm going from, let's say, 15 minutes a day to two hours of meditation a day, in the early stages of that transition, the one in one hour and 45 minutes that I'm adding is not going to be that deep because I haven't trained myself to be that deep in that meditation yet. Simply meaning my mind's going to be wandering a lot more because it's a muscle. The mind is a muscle and the meditation is a muscle that can get deepened and refined. So... I don't think I'm getting the same restorative properties of the meditation during that. But as time goes on and the concentration deepens and I can get into these really deep states of uh, acute awareness but profound relaxation at the same time, then I think something different is happening in the brain. can't speak intelligently about what's going on. Um, but I do think there's restoration there. And this at least is suggesting that it might still be possible to reduce our sleep in day-to-day -day life outside of a monastic setting by deepening our meditation practice. And I do have many friends and even students that are not meditating that much, maybe 20 to 30 minutes per day, that often report needing less sleep and still feeling energized, more energized and clear throughout the day. So what's the takeaway for you here? First things first, sleep is important. And don't compromise your sleep because you're simply trying to add more meditation to your day. But if your sleep does feel sufficient and you're curious to explore this a little more deeply, you're welcome to try reducing the amount that you're sleeping and see how your mind and body respond. You don't have to go crazy with it. Try cutting 10 minutes off of your sleep by waking up 10 minutes earlier and use that time for meditation. I would give that a week and see how that goes. If you find that you're still very tired, more tired than you typically would be, then maybe go back to your normal sleep schedule. But if you find that it's okay, in fact, you might feel more energized, more wakeful because you're meditating more, then try doing 15 minutes. Try doing 20 minutes and see how far you can go while still feeling good. The more we meditate, and the more we learn how to manage our tension throughout the day and experience a much deeper sense of ease and peace in our moments, in our waking moments. And this, by logic, means we'll need less energy to restore during our sleeping moments. So, although I think the science is still out on whether meditation replaces sleep, I think there's a lot of good anecdotal evidence to suggest that it can. But go slowly listen to your own body, and only do it out of curiosity, not because you feel like you need to. That's today's episode. Great being with you. I will talk to you tomorrow. And until then, take care. Okay, hey, before you go, got a couple announcements in the after party. Yes, this is the after party. If you're new to the idea of the after party, this is where all the fun stuff happens. Well, it's the fun stuff after the fun stuff. This is where we talk business, announcements, updates, cool things happening. Sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's a little. But it's the party that comes after the main party. 
the after party. First thing, reminder, lots of big bonuses when you pre-order my book, Stop Missing Your Life. You can learn all about those at stopmissingyourlife.com. 30-day gratitude course, 7-day sleep course. We've been talking a lot about sleep. There's a 7-day sleep course bonus that comes with that. If you buy three books, you get a 30-day sleep bonus. Focus course, uh, gratitude. Did I say gratitude? More gratitude. <laughs> Anti-anxiety coaching series. A lot of great bonuses. They only last until December 31st. So make sure you get all of those goodies before they expire. Stopmissingyourlife.com. Second, if you're not in the Facebook group, make sure you find us. Just search Practicing Human on Facebook. Make your request. We'll accept you and you'll be part of the community. Got a lot of people there. Lots of conversations going on. And we're going to be doing a lot more with that Facebook group soon. Would love to have you there. Third thing, ratings and reviews. Oh, Corey, why are you always telling us about ratings and reviews? Just let me live my life. I know. Ratings and reviews are the currency these days. It's so sad. I'm trying to be a monk about it, not be attached. And I'm doing a mostly good job. But when it comes to growing something, you know, I'm putting so much effort into this. This this does take hours per day to create uh, new content, new episode, to think about it, to plan it out, to record it. Um, The only thing asking in return right now is that we can populate uh, it on iTunes with some ratings and reviews. This is going a very long way for us getting this podcast out there to more and more people. Like, how do you get a podcast out there other than word of mouth? Well, iTunes can feature it. And that happens when you have more ratings and reviews. So it doesn't take long. If you're on the podcast app, just scroll down where it says write a review and say whatever comes to mind, whatever's on your heart. Practicing human is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Better than my firstborn child and Costco cookies. Okay, maybe not the last one. But you get the point. Anything you share is greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you want free resources to go along with this podcast, these include book recommendations, app recommendations, guided meditations, sleep meditations, tips, strategies, anything to bring more presence into your life. You can get those by texting your email address to this number, plus one six three one three three seven eight two nine eight and you will get an automated email to your inbox with all of those links and downloads that's it for the after party i will talk to you tomorrow until then have a day and take care